Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. E-S-N-Y. even watch uh the monstrosity of game six uh, i i like had it a little bit on in the background and i was actually watching more of ufc than game six but i mean i didn't even know there was a ufc fight last night it was actually a good one it was uh shevchenko versus santos uh for like the women's oh, i can't remember i don't know if it was flyweight or something nice. Shevchenko was a beast and then uh, oliver Teixeira versus some Eastern European dude who is a beast. Yeah. So. Unlike uh, unlike the Rangers, much of the series. You know, it's just you build up so much goodwill and it's shattered. Absolutely <laughs> shattered. Like, I, I don't understand what Gerard Gallant was freaking doing. Like, why did we... Breaking up the kid line was a choice. It's, it's not even just a, like... And it was the wrong freaking choice. Like, and and look, why do you if if you're having a hard time, if the Rangers are having a hard time scoring goals, why do you take out a player who is offensively built to score goals or to at least help generate scoring chances for a guy like Dryden Hunt, who does not do that? Got a, good ho- got a good hockey name, though. Great hockey name. He's got a great head of hair. Great lettuce. Okay. But Capo Caco is your second overall pick. He is part of the future core of the team. And you scratch him? Oh, and then, and then you got Ryan Strom, who he's barely alive. <laughs> literally a game-time decision. And then doesn't even finish the game because he's hurt. And and Larry Brooks came out with an article in the Post today. It was just like, this is exactly what happened with Montreal two years ago after – or not two years ago, last year, after their Stanley Cup fiasco, where they scratched Kasperi Kakeniemi in games four and five, and then he got a offer sheet from Carolina at a price that Montreal couldn't match, and Montreal had to let him go. And if you don't think that could happen, it's Capo Caco – Open your damn eyes because the Rangers are just shitting away, excuse me, shitting away their young talent be, for, for God knows why. God knows why. And with that, folks, uh, this is the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast, uh, episode 132, uh, brought to you as always by Elite Sports New York, uh, Crossing Broad, XL Media, and Warwick Gaming, and as always, Rivercrest NYC. Uh, as you can tell, Alec uh, has a lot of emotions about his beloved New York Rangers, and uh, I gotta say, man, with with the beard, you kind of you kind of had a bit of a Don LaGreca thing going on there for a little bit. <laughs> Should I start shaking my mic? 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, like only if you're getting that naturally mad. But that, anyway, I mean, uh, apologies that loss hurt. Folks, I want to apologize in advance. My uh, that non-COVID illness I had when we had a Danny on last show that has morphed into a full-blown cold, ear, and sinus infection. So thank God for some antibiotics. I got this hot, le- hot water and lemon thing going for me again. Uh, but yeah, if that's why uh, I don't sound like my usual self. Uh, sorry about that. Anyway, uh, anyway, let's uh, let's talk about Matt Carpenter, man. How about uh, that mustachioed? Uh, monstrosity like the good type of monstrosity of a man he is a freaking beaut that's your me just say that's your boy right there too that is my boy i i so i pulled up the receipts okay yeah. february 23rd was when i said the yankees should take a flyer on him and i said something along the lines i don't have them up anymore but i was looking at it when i was at the phillies game today <clears throat> that Carpenter believed that his struggles were purely based from a mechanical standpoint and not due to age. And that, and from everything that uh, I was wrong in my previous, uh, in that one episode where I thought, you know, Saris wrote the article, it was Ken Rosenthal. When Rosenthal wrote the article, everything made sense that Carpenter believed he wasn't in his legs enough and it was causing him to spin off the ball, which you know, just means that you're not hitting through it and you're not getting as much power into the ball and out of your swing as you could. Um, I think he, I think he used the term to just to describe his his decline. I think he said like he just kind of he'd fallen off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so reading all that, it, it's it's nice to see it. It's awesome to see a hitter have a general understanding of how it went wrong, and then it's just like, okay, now I got to find a way to you know get it back. And look, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm Nostradamus and would have expected this kind of, you know, tear that he's on. But the dude had three extra base hits today, seven RBIs, and I don't. I think he barreled every single ball that he hit. That I is. I didn't get a good look at the double, but I, I think you're absolutely right on that. Uh, uh, well, like according to the baseball savant, yeah. he hit it 95 miles per hour, so it's a, it's a barrel. It's good in my books. Just the work ethic that he brings to this team. I mean, he, he signed for basically nothing. Then says his first interview, I'll do whatever they want me to do here, even haul luggage onto the plane. And mm-hmm. then Max Goodman, who, big friend of the show we had on a couple of weeks ago, tweeted this out. This is Matt Carpenter on the 2022 Yankees. I mean, I've said it numerous times, and I'll keep saying it because I don't think it's a secret, and I don't think that it should be forgot. This is a really special group of people in this room. It's more than just talent. I watch it every day, the way they compete. Offensively, it's nine-on-one every single night. That's a rare thing. A lot of clubhouses, a lot of teams, everybody's out there taking their at-bats, trying to put up their numbers, and that's just not the case here. And you can say the same thing from the pitching side. I mean, I see Cole, Nestor, our entire staff living and dying with every pitch that's being thrown out there. It's just a lot of fun to come to work when you have that many guys all rooting for each other, all pulling for each other, and you add to that talent. And you add to that the talent that we have in this clubhouse and what you see as a recipe for success. It's playing out every day. I'm going to say it. Matt Carpenter is the Brett Gardner of this team. He hasn't been here very long. hasn't built up nearly that much equity, but that's the kind of leadership sense that I'm getting from this guy. Yeah. I mean, and we also forget like this is a very experienced veteran. Like he, he has yeah. 50 postseason games under his belt. He was part of the Cardinals world series team that lost to Boston. 
which by the way, in that world series, he hit a shade under 300. Like this dude kind of knows what it takes to at least get to the finish line, even if he might not have crossed it yet. Not so, to mention the, those Cardinals teams from what we'll say, um, this, okay. So David Freeze was 2010. So, all right. So we'll say the Cardinals from like 2006 up until we'll say around 2015, 16, those were some really good teams. Yeah. It, it oh, was, absolutely. it was like almost an exact model of how to build depth from the top down. I made, I made a quip in an article I wrote about them for Forbes many moons ago that this is like basketball's version of the San, I'm sorry, baseball's version of the San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. One guy goes down. Great. Up from the minors. It's like he never left. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually looking at that. Uh, I'm looking at the 2013 Cardinals team, and yeah, I'm like, you had Matt Carpenter in the heart of that lineup. Yeah, but then you got you had guys like Alan Craig, you know, Matt Holiday, John Jay, Matt Adams, like guys Daddy. who, like guys who just kind of, as you said, like they just stepped up when they needed to. Not like not crazy flashy in terms of the roster. I mean, like, but hey, they they put it together and went on a pretty awesome run. So. I mean, look, it, it may be a wide gap, but there's a reason the St. Louis Cardinals are behind the Yankees in World Series one. They are they've always been a model of excellence. They've had some rough times, but on the whole, that has been a legacy of building good, deep winning teams. Mm-hmm. And Matt Carpenter bringing not just that experience, but that work ethic to this mixed bag of you of youth and experienced players here in the Bronx. That, that's only going to be a good thing. No, Absolutely. And I and I and going back to that quote that Max Goodman tweeted, like I love hearing that these guys are battling for one another. And you know, it's it's such kind of like a sports cliche to hear. Mm-hmm. But I do like I don't know. You can sit there and you can look back at certain Yankees teams in the past, probably like you know, let's say towards the end of like the Jeter era. Yeah. And, and onward where it's like, yeah, some guys are just there to, you know, kind of looking after themselves. Like it, 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 that idea, the idea of buying into the team and playing for each other as Carpenter described it sounds very much like the dynasty. Teams. Yeah. Uh, like I was, I was 12 for the, for the 98 team. And I just remember uh, even with the slow start to that season and some really ugly losses on the back end, uh, even in the playoffs too, there was just something about this team where it's like, no, like that they're they're going to see this through. Like, mm-hmm. This is going to happen. Now, now, ever since then, I've gotten a lot more pessimistic, and I, <laughs> and I expect nothing from the Yankees at any point. But no, like this has been a, a really fun season. I'm like still not convinced that it's real, but but just seeing everything play out, just even all these hard fought wins, where like Friday night, for example, against the Cubs. One one game all throughout pitchers duel. Yankees were and Cubs combined one for thirty seven runners in scoring position. Real ugly. Uh, but last year that kind of game happens. You're like, okay, like the loss is happening at some point. We don't know how, but it's coming. Against the Cubs, the whole night I just kept thinking, no, no, that, that, that this is going to happen. It, yeah, it's going to take a while, but it's going to happen. No, yeah, like. I, I you remember how like last year I, th- I feel like we would talk about you know oh that this is a scheduled loss for the Yankees and Boone would kind of manage it that way. Oh uh, yeah, he, yeah, he'd kind of like punt on the game early. Yeah. yeah, and I have I don't think I've 
there have been a few times where I, I think I've watched a game where it's like, oh, I wonder if this is kind of one of those games. Not to the sense that Aaron Boone punts on it early, right. but just like, oh, you know, nothing's really going for the Yankees right now. You know, they're, you know, they're allowed to struggle here and there. Like, I'm not going to get upset about that. But then they pull out a game like that where, you know, they, they walk off the Cubs or the game against Minnesota where, I mean, they come – like roaring back seven to two to then be 10 seven like that's all right i guess guess let's shift to the minnesota series like i'll I'll take two out of three wins and okay nestor we all knew nestor was due a clunker at some point yeah i mean as great as he was he go back to any cy young award winner season they're gonna have one or two starts there that are like oh oh jesus christ okay that 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 was really bad (laughs) um but I don't know what it is about this Yankees-Twins rivalry, but ever since the Aaron Hicks game, there's always weird games between these teams. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is either. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to give a shout-out to my, to my buddy Tim, who sadly is moving back to Minnesota in a, in a few days. It makes me very sad. But uh, uh, I was actually out uh, kind of half-watching the game with him and a couple of other of our dad friends, and it, he shows up in a Twins hat and a Jose Barrios T-shirt jersey. <laughs> so yeah uh, okay so uh tim was the twins good luck charm the yankees lost congratulations there we go <laughs> we said it i think i think we gotta start calling it the ryan Ruco effect too yeah i mean i love him in the booth don't get me wrong yeah no, but, no absolutely he makes things interesting <laughs> i also wonder if they because the main thing in the in the twin series was the pitching which across the board was an ugly performance the starters combined for a 13.23 ERA, mm. if you can believe that. Now, maybe it's a weather effect just because Minnesota does get very humid in the summertime and climate change is a thing. Uh, but even with allegedly unjuiced balls, you got to wonder, like, did, did Major League Baseball bring back the juice balls just to boost the series a bit? Or, I don't know, the, the Yankees pitching was uncharacteristically bad, but in the grand scheme of things, this is probably just a blip on the radar, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, that's how I'm taking it. Um, I like. I'm I'm not looking too much into you know uh, how hard you know Yankees pitching got hit. It's like oh yeah, they're gonna get into these stretches and and Yankees offense like bailed them out just as many times as Yankees pitching has bailed out Yankees offense. So yeah. like I, I'm not too concerned. Um, but it is interesting if it is more of a Minnesota at this time of year thing. Do you see that home run Byron Buxton hit after the Yankees series? It was like, uh, no, I think I missed that one. He like, he went down and got, I think it was a slider or some breaking ball at the knees and he half swung and hit it to left center for a home run. Byron Buxton is so good. Yeah, He's so frustrating. He, he's a damn string bean who just hits bombs. And oh my, like every time I watch him, I like, great, great. He's like, I hate when he beats on the Yankees, but I can't be mad at him because he's just that good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, you know, there's what, there, wasn't there that talk where it's like when he's healthy, he's as good as Mike Trout? Which, I mean, it's not completely far fetched. I mean, I, I remember when he got drafted. They they were giving him the same sort of five tool hype that Trout had. Yeah, well, yeah, like he, you could definitely see it for sure. But there was like that one season. I don't know if it was last season or the season before, but he, I don't even know if he played a hundred games and he still posted like a four and a half WAR. Yeah, and it's like, excuse me, what? 
Yeah, he was also drafted back when Georgia was a baseball factory, like a <laughs> mega baseball factory. So he's he's toned out and strong. I'll say that much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going back to the pitching, though, I I will say this much. Uh, I am moderately concerned about Tyone, just because uh, his last two starts, he gave up seven hits today in five innings, uh, and then in against the Twins, I think he gave up nine in less than four innings. And he mm-hmm. and you can see just by watching it, yeah, in four innings, yeah, four nine hits in four innings, uh, seven hits in five innings against the Cubs, and. And like you were at the game, uh, at the Phillies game, so you didn't see it today, but you saw it in Minnesota for sure. He's definitely leaving his fastball up in the zone a little bit more, definitely, uh, definitely hanging more of his breaking pitches. Uh, the good news is that he wasn't getting too burned by hard contact. Mm. Uh, yeah. at, least, at least not against Chicago, but against the Twins, he was getting rocked. But yeah, I mean, you know, Tyone isn't really a throw it by him, by them kind of pitcher yeah he's very whiff reliant yeah so i think my biggest concern would come from how many batters he's walking so like i'd say he only had one walk so yeah you know yeah seven hits one walk three runs five k's was it his best outing no did it was it good enough absolutely I'm, i'm actually surprised to see that he has a seven and one record that's actually wild 20 20 uh win Jameson Tyone this year, maybe? Huh? Question mark? We'll see. We'll see. I mean, like, I, he's definitely pitching like he wants $20 million a year. Yeah. But, like, you know, so, again, kind of talking about the pitching in general, but, like, even zeroing on a guy like Tyone, it's, yeah, it's, it's a blip. It, I'm, I certainly hope so, just because he's, he's pitched so well this year, especially since he's kind of figured out his shit. Yeah. And he's easy to root for. Yeah. Yeah, so. plus, yeah. Plus, I I think he wants to stay here because like he he trained in New York all off season. Yeah, and, and lived here too instead of going back to Texas. But I don't know. It, you got to figure out who matters more in the future, him or Clark Schmidt. Yeah, that, that's a good question. Maybe that, you, that's a question for another time, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah also, how about how about Manny Benuelos getting the save? Let's go. What a great story for Manny Benuelos. Like, how, like, it wasn't that long ago. They, the, the, they're all saying, oh, the killer bees, Manny Benuelos, Dylan Batances, and uh, Andrew Brackman. And, okay, Dylan Batances, great, five good years. Yeah. But can't, can't ever handle the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brackman, I don't think he ever pitched in the majors. Yeah. And Benuelos, yeah, he ran into some shoulder trouble and bounced around for a bit. But now it seems he's found this home as almost like, a more durable Wandy Peralta, just to this, just this, this crafty lefty who comes out and junk balls all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's funny how it all works out, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's a great story. I'm. He definitely had the benefit of some run support today. I don't know if I would have trusted him like that in a nine four game. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that they would let Rizzo pitch. <laughs> I think Rizzo was hoping too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why Booney has been hesitant to put him in. Like, yeah, throw him in. Let him do it. Yeah, uh, maybe, like, how many maybe, more games this year are they going to score eighteen runs? Yeah, that's right. Uh, let's talk about the next slate of games. Actually, so the next two weeks, uh, high blood pressure city for sure. Now, granted, even with a with a good division lead, 
Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the Rays come to visit. Then for the weekend, the Yankees go to Toronto, then three more games in Tampa, and then four games in the Bronx against the Astros. Uh, I would call that, let's say, the meat grinder of the schedule, Alec, what would you say? Yeah, I, I, like meat grinder, but I would also say, if, I don't know, how, how many games is that in total? That's uh, three, six, nine, uh, 13 games. 13 games? Yeah. Say they go nine and four in those games. Does that uh, does that kind of put the nail in the coffin? I don't know if it puts the nail in the coffin just because any, any team is capable of pulling off a miraculous uh, A's or Cleveland 20-game streak at some point. Yeah. But I don't know. I think that most importantly, you got to take at least two out of three from the Rays at home. Yes. And the uh, uh, the Jays just looking at the pitching matchups. All right, you're going to face Alec Manoa on Saturday, and he's amazing. But you got to go in with the attitude of okay, like let's let's he's having a silent season. Let's give him a bad start. Yeah, yeah. I'm like that. That's a that's a game and a matchup. And you just got to battle. Yeah. Despite. And the trop is the trop. That's that we've talked about that plenty of times. The Astros, though. Maybe it's just the Angels' cold streak, but they kind of really rest in control of the AL West. And cheating aside, they're still a really good team. Yeah, I, you know, I actually have not really been paying much attention to them other than Jordan Alvarez being a beast. And I got Justin Verlander on my fantasy team. so I They're always... third in pitching with a staff area 3.08. And hitting-wise, okay, in terms of batting average, they're... Where are they? Should have pulled this up earlier. Okay, they're okay. They're only hitting two thirty six as a team. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But in and in runs scored. Oh, and they're twenty third in runs scored. So they're doing it based off of pitching. It yeah. Seems like. Yeah, and huh. we know the Astros are good at developing pitchers. They pretty much saved Justin Verlander's career. Yeah, I, like. But then again, the Yankees own Justin Verlander. <laughs> Do they? Yeah, they, they've, had, they've made him look bad more than a few times. Yeah, I feel like it's been so long since they've faced him. I, I can't remember. Well, yeah, because he's he's just coming back from Tommy John. Yeah. Yeah. Here are the pitching matchups, though, for the for the Rays series at home. All right, so Tuesday, that's the, that's the TBS game. Nice, Tuesday Night Baseball. All right, so you got Garrett Cole versus Corey Kluber, which – all right, you're hoping that Cole bounces back from that really bad start in Minnesota where he had zero fastball command. Yeah. And Kluber, okay, he's Corey Kluber, and he's, he's still pretty good. He showed last year he still got some left in the tank. But last time he, we faced him in Tampa, maybe he just caught us on a bad night, but it seemed he was almost overachieved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm, 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 that series against Tampa, I felt like, there was a combination of, yeah, caught, caught the Yankees at the wrong time, a little bit of bad ball luck, uh, yeah. like some bad, bad Babbitt. Uh, um, and, yeah. Because yeah, like, he, he and Cole were, were duking it out up until that one egregious call. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That's, yeah. Don't remind me of that, please. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it's going to come down to, does Cole have command of his fastball? And, and, you know, in Minnesota, he didn't really have command of anything. 
Uh, yeah, because Kluber, looking at his stat cast page right now, he's doing well at, in terms of average exit velocity and hard hit rates. He's still relying a lot on guys chasing. He's not walking anybody. So, I don't know, maybe just look at the tape and see what Dylan Lawson can do with it. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, kind of go in there with a – try to attack a certain part of his arsenal or, or his approach. Um, the goal should be if you throw something up in the zone, take a swing. Yeah, yeah. Like try to try to read that slurve slider, whatever it is, uh, early. It's a pitch, as he would say. Yeah, it's certainly something. Uh, try yeah. to spit on that and you know make it a non-factor, and then like work from there. Wednesday is going to be fun. Uh, Nestor Cortez versus Shane McClanahan. Ooh. So you got to figure Nestor is going to have a better night at home. Yeah. Because the Rays, we we've seen with the Rays, they yeah they're still like a. They're playing Rays ball. They're really good, but they're they're not like the monster they were last year. No, yeah, like they they and have. I, a different... I say this. I say this at the risk of jinxing the series and they sweep us, God forbid. <laughs> but but anyway, uh, so yeah, but Shane McClanahan, we just know he's really good. Yeah, he dude throws yeah. BBs. He just you know he strikes out everyone, and he's got a really clean wind up too. Yeah, yeah, clean. I, I love guys with clean mechanics, or yeah. make it kind of look easy, and the ball jumps out of their hand. I, I know, I know, like from experience, facing guys like that was always the hardest. Yeah, uh, yeah, because like with with guys who have those really those really clean, smooth deliveries, like Shane McClanahan, like Mariano Rivera, like an Andy Pettit, it's like I like to think of it as almost like a wind up toy where they just kind of like wind it up and then just let it do its thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sam Lincecum also had that, but with not a clean windup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and his body couldn't hold up to it. Yeah, uh, and the last, the last one. I mean, the series finale. If you ask me, that's the Yankees game to lose: Severino versus uh, Drew Rasmussen. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I love this year Severino. I, it's he. Oh god, it, he's so fun to watch. It's like it's almost like he never left. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, some guys. I, I, I know John Smoltz gets a lot of uh, criticism for the things he says um, or things he say. Says so, I can't. I'm, it's been a long day. Um, long day. I'm sick. Hey, like we will not be posting any audio clips to social media. This, <laughs> but um, I remember a few years back how he said that when he came back from Tommy John surgery, he felt like it made him a better pitcher and may like not just physically how it helped him like be a little bit stronger in other parts of like his arm and, and right and how it helped him throw a little harder but just like he kind of was able to take a step back and really understand what it takes to not just throw but to pitch yeah. and i think we're seeing that with severino i well incorporating the cutters really helped too well i was just about to say like never in my wildest dreams would i have thought that Severino would have three very good pitches, and now he's a four-pitch pitcher. Like we yeah. knew, we knew about the fastball and the slider. The changeup was hit or miss, like before, but now it seems like it's more hit than miss this year. And the cutter has just kind of been a nice, like, oh, you're suddenly throwing that now. He, he's pitching like he wants that option picked up. Yeah, and, uh, and, and from the Yankees, he do it. Yeah, and he and he's been very vocal. He's like, I want to be a Yankee for ten years. Yeah, yeah. You you can see he loves playing here. 
Yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's certainly been in the system long enough. And I'm, and I'm pretty sure uh, we also have his brother somewhere in the minors, Raphael. Uh, oh, I think I... I yeah, don't know he, he, he was a he was an international free agent at one point. I don't know if we still have him, but like, yeah, he, I, he, he I, I remember signed. when they signed him. Yeah, I remember yeah. when they signed him, but I I don't know if he's still with the team. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking it up right now. But in the meantime, Severino has been awesome. I I'm thrilled. I mean, he's heavy throwing Sebi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nope. Rafael Severino was released from his contract. No, that's a shame. Yeah. Oh well, <laughs> you can watch Big Bro play. Yeah, but uh, the Blue Jays though they're they're streaky, but you always wonder like playing them in Toronto. It's always a little jarring, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean it. Toronto it kind of has like the trop effect, just it being a dome and the turf. But then there's, I think Toronto fans are better than Tampa fans. They you know, are, that's but... not because I'm bitter that the Lightning beat the Rangers. Everyone chill. Uh, no, I'm very good. no I, I will say this though like because i've met some blue jays fans at yankee stadium and they'll they'll say like yeah it's fun to go see see the blue jays play but uh roger center is a dump is it i've never been so uh, i've appa- always wanted to go but apparently it's it's um did you ever get to the old yankee stadium yeah uh, yeah yeah you, you know how it was like that really dank and dark concrete concourse uh before the seats yeah that's what the Rogers Center is like, apparently. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. It's, it's a shame because once you're actually at field level and they open up the, the dome and you got the needle looking over you, like yeah, that, it seems like a beautiful pitching matchups in Toronto: Jordan Montgomery against Ross Stripling, Tyone versus Alec Manoa, and Garrett Cole versus Jose Kikuchi. It's going to depend on how much run support Montgomery gets, but that that should be two out of three on paper. Uh yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would. Two out of three for sure. Um, I'd, I'd argue of if you're going to lose any of the next three series, that's the one you want to lose. Just kind of give Toronto their moment in the sun and then just go into the trap angry. Yeah, I mean, look, if they if they come out of this, this stretch with an under 500 record, it's not the end of the world. No. If it's a 500 record, cool. You know, no sweat off my back. Yeah, and then like just, I, I, don't know. I personally believe if, if they come out with like a nine and four record, it I think it at least will probably guarantee them just playoffs because like yeah. unless unless things drastically and just like catastrophically go wrong from here on out, the I'm like the Yankees have set themselves up nicely. They really have because like forty four wins. And it's June twelfth. Yeah, I, and my favorite stat—I I saw something about like the Blue Jays went uh, like fifteen and five in their last twenty games, and they gained zero ground on the yeah, end. yeah, Cause so, the, yeah, because that—that's what happens when you don't suffer too many dumb losses. Yeah, just taking care of business. So yeah, and I and I think I think that's the kind of mindset the Yankees need to have going into it. It's just like. Yeah, we got some tough opponents up like coming up, but we just got to take care of business. I mean, Cameron Maben, I who I, I love as a yes analyst so far, by the way. Mm. He's he's really talked about just hitting philosophy just as a team. He goes, no, it's just about yeah, you're you're not scoring a lot of runs, but hey, just worry about finding your base hits. Yeah. Just like clog the bases because like because you get a runner on base, that's gonna that's more likely to lead to the pitcher making a mistake. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, we we saw it. Uh, we saw it. Yeah, uh, I forget what. Yeah, in the Twin Series, just drawing so many walks, getting all those base hits, clogging the bases, and sure enough, the Twins pitching implodes. Yeah, yeah. It's just like if you fight to get that to that next pitch. I mean, that's that's all you got to keep focusing on. I, I tell kids that I train and teach that all the time it's like i don't care if you swing at a ball and it's the ugliest swing you've ever taken in your life if you foul it off you get you survive one more pitch and that could be the pitch that you need yeah and, and you can you can really see that taking hold with this yankee lineup it's just you know they're not necessarily boom or bust they're we're still boom but we're gonna kind of you know, make sure the pitcher gives us that boom opportunity. Uh, that, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, j- just to break it down with an even more simpler numbers, just just watching, not just as a fan or as a journalist, but just from a pure baseball standpoint, I'm thinking that win or lose, if if a team can have like an inning at bat and they make the pitcher throw 20 pitches, regardless of result, that that's an accomplishment. Absolutely, absolutely. It's just it gets you one step closer to their bullpen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, even even if it's that that's their slow bad inning, like you kind of like had him on the ropes for a second. That's something to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, he's not, not, he, not like not like crazy celebrate, but that's like it's a yeah. small victory. Yeah, absolutely, and, and you know sometimes you have to break down the game like that. It's just it's all these little battles that you have yeah. to win, and then all of a sudden the floodgates will open, and it's like you don't get to that point unless you win all those small battles leading up to it. So kind of offshooting of this, did you see John Boy's video where uh, in the Tigers game to determine that what's it, that uh, Rodriguez was tipping his pitches? Yes, I did. Something tells me that this team has figured, has like done some weird mind games where they've become better at picking that stuff up. Yeah. It, I mean, just, uh, against, uh, just against the Cubs on Saturday. Oh yeah. I mean, like they seem to be on pitchers stuff. Like, it's ridiculous. Like what they did to Shohei. Yeah. Where I didn't they say like uh like I think Otani's slider has, is like one of the best swing and miss pitches in the league, and I don't think the Yankees swung and missed that at once. So, yeah. I mean, they they're picking up on those tendencies, and and I was talking to my buddy who's a pitcher, and you're saying like yeah, like pitchers like it's those little things that they never think about. And, yeah. you know, and I even think the pitcher from the Tigers said that. I think he tweeted it or something or, or he talked to John Boy. He's like, yeah, like I never would have thought that would be the thing that gives out, gives away my pitch. Now, in, fa- in fairness to uh, to young uh, Mr. Swarmer, Matt Swarmer, who pitched for the Cubs on Saturday. OK, he's 28 years old and he throws a 90 mile per hour fastball with a lot of spin. Maybe he wasn't tipping his pitches. Maybe the Yankees just said, okay, this is what he throws. We just need to retime the swing. A bunch of solo home runs later, look what happens. And it's also only his third ever major league start. Yeah. There, like, there are ways for hitters who can, like, you know, you go up there and, you know, maybe they're just seeing a certain pitch really well. And, and it's such a liberating feeling to be like, okay, I'm going to completely rule out that pitch because it's not going to bother me. Yeah, I, I, I like you know. Oh, go ahead, God. Yeah, just just also the, I guess for lack of back lack of that, I can't talk. Lack of better word, uh, emotional high that comes from realizing, oh yeah, like we figured out that he's tipping his pitches. Now we know what to do. Like I I, I just remember from one high school game where we figured out, 
uh, that a guy was not just so not so much tipping is not just tipping his pitches, mm-hmm. but also kind of like being very obvious with the signs and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just like okay, like now we know what's coming and how he sets himself up, and sure enough, we teed off on him. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it, it, like that shifts momentum in a heartbeat. Absolutely, and it, and it, you can just kind of. You can just kind of see that patience from Yankees hitters where it's just like, you're going to blink first yep, and we're going to pounce on that. Like, like we'll, yeah. we'll be ready. Like, um, yeah, not like uh, that game with Swarmer or Swarmer or whatever his name Swarmer. is. That's Swarmer. Swarmer. Um, like, uh, I think I watched like the first or second inning and you could tell like the Yankees were kind of, I think, taken aback by just the way he was pitching because it wasn't hard. He had a funky delivery. They kind of underestimated his spin rate for sure. Yeah. But then, you know, I'm looking at that box score now, you know, they get the one in the first and then it's the fourth, fifth and sixth inning is where they just pounce, yeah. which coincides to the second and third time through the lineups. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah. Analytics. Yeah. No, like it's just, there's no panic in this offense right now. It's yeah. There, there's a, there's very much that sort that sort of like, like Aaron Hicks said on R2C2, this team's got some fuck you to it. Yeah. It's like, okay, like we're going to come to play. You're like, you're not just going to blink first, but if you beat us, it's going to be because we like you gave us your best. Like we're not giving you any cheapies here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, okay, if you beat us, tip the cap to you. And uh... yeah, like, like here. Oh, you're gonna throw your best stuff right at us? Okay, okay. Then we're either gonna succeed or fail with it. Great. Yeah, yeah. So and just so everyone's clear, Jose Trevino should be the starting catcher for the rest of the season. <laughs> Sorry, Danny. Wilson, uh, no, dude, I looked it up. Wilson Contreras was one for ten in the series. Was he really one for ten in the series with a really bad caught stealing uh, uh, last night? Oh, yeah. And he and he exited early today's game. Like no reason why yet. Huh. Interesting. That's a little development. Jose Trevino, though, walks it off on Friday. Another homer, uh, three hits on Saturday. You know, he sit he sits today because his back is a little sore from carrying the team. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, I mean, what a story for Trevino, and yeah, what you a know, story he, for the guy. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for today on Bleacher Creatures, folks. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Josh B-E-S-N-Y. You can find Alec at Alec underscore Monte Cavill. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Great. And uh, great, folks. Uh, enjoy the baseball this week, and we will see you soon.